listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. All right. Welcome to this special bonus episode of the Deep Purple Podcast. And with the power of our newly licensed time machine, I'm going to take a little trip back to 1998 and have this interview with Ian Gillen and John Lord to ask them about the band and about the new album, Abandoned. So join us as we travel back in time 25 years to talk about their new album, Abandoned. Ian, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, tell us about this new album. Uh, for starters, what's it called? Abandon, strangely enough. Excellent. Uh, what made you guys come upon that album title? It's just this wonderful giving yourself completely. There's no, hold, no holding back. What sorts of um, musical styles could we expect to hear on this album? You can hear the funk, you can hear the jazz, you can hear the swing, you can hear the rock and roll, you can hear the blues, you can hear the folk music, you can hear the bluegrass, you can hear it all in there, uh, expressed in the personalities of the musicians uh, with the voice of Deep Purple, which is the all-embracing, you know, the musical voice of Deep Purple. And uh, so it's just what we do, and we're doing it still, and um, the idea is basically, I have no ambition, and the music speaks for itself. And what do you think uh, contributes to the continued success of the band after all these years? And we are very lucky. We have got an incredible, incredible fans around the world. They are just unbelievable. So supportive. And the amazing thing is we're getting older and they're getting younger. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So that brings me to my next question, which is, do you consider yourselves a heavy metal band? Purple was never just... I used to get so angry when we were described as a heavy metal band. Oh, sorry about that. Um, for the simple reason that heavy metal is the least musical phrase I've ever heard in my life. Even more so than gallivanting seamstress? Without being too pompous about it, I mean, Purple has got some musical ability. The guys can play. I would have to agree with that. Uh, but what would you say about the spirit of the band? The spirit of the band is very strong. Stronger than the collective individuals, for sure. And I think so long as we put in just that much more than we take out, it will be all right. And do you think you're going to continue to do that? For sure. And how would you describe this album to people who are new to your music? It's hard to describe. It's like any purple thing, really. It doesn't fall into any bag. It's got a lot of energy. Uh, it's, it's powerful. It's, uh, there's a bit of showing off, uh, you know, instrumentally. And how would you rank this album overall? Pretty good. And John, what would you say is your favorite track on the album? Fingers to the Bone, I like because it's another one of those oddly unusual tracks that we sometimes do. Go, but you don't care. 
Sky and the opening track, Any Fool Know That, are the, the, they're the ones that immediately zap me between the eyes. Can you take me through a little bit of your lyric writing process? How do you, how do you select what you're going to be singing? In a rock song, the most important value a word has is the sound of the word. It has to have the right texture, the right percussive value, and it has to be able to be delivered in the rhythm section just as, as part of the band. Are you ever worried that maybe sometimes your lyrics are a little too silly or a little too on the nose? Or, or how do you choose the words that you're putting down? You can sing almost anything, so long as it sounds good in a rock song. But you've got to have a good title. And then the fun starts, because then you've got to have a focus. Because if it's going to sound good, you've got to mean it. And if you mean it, you've got to think, well, I've got to have a focus on this somehow. So when we're writing, we always try and have, what is this song about? And even if it's um, a nebulous sort of lyric, even if it's a, um, um, an abstract or avant-garde approach to things, that's saying nothing, even if the only value of the lyric is just as a word exercise, rhymes and things, whatever. We have to have a meaning. So what would you say is your favorite type of lyric? A nebulous sort of lyric. Hmm. Uh, John, what, what do you think about how music evolves or music changes? I love the fact that a piece of music can change for you. It can change you and it can change for you. And at what point do you feel like it's time to, pardon the pun, abandon a piece of music? In the end, if the music doesn't stand alone and stand and speak for itself, then it's failed. And Ian, tell me a little bit about the process for how you went about uh, getting this new guitarist, Steve Morse. We needed to get somebody with individual style who would be compatible with the group. And how would you say things have been since Steve came on board? I mean, since Steve joined the band, it's fabulous. Fabulous? Fabulous. What would you say some of Steve's best characteristics are? He's very enthusiastic about the band, familiar with the material, and he only asked one question. Is there a dress code? <laughs> and what did he say when you said no? Fabulous. And John, how would you rate the decision to get Steve in the band? We've got the right guy. He's charming. He's terribly talented. And... Maybe fabulous? Fabulous. Ian, uh, how do you feel about where you guys recorded this album? It's a great room. It's a great environment. Steve lives about one hour away from the studio, so it's convenient. The weather's always nice there. And how does Steve feel about that? Fabulous. Uh, Ian, how do you start your typical day when you're in the recording studio? I go canoeing most mornings, and uh, it's just nice. Who do you go canoeing with? Nice people. Back to the studio, uh, how does it sound? The studio's great, it's a good room, it sounds good, it's like a rehearsal room. We get loads of gear and it's nice, it's just, it feels good. I think this will be the last one we do there. Well, if it's so great, um, why would this 
be the last one that you're doing there? I think we're getting a bit familiar with the place. We need a new challenge now. So a couple of years, we'll be keeping our eyes open. Maybe another country. How does Estonia sound? Fabulous. So you've uh, switched record labels, uh, but uh, not to something new. We were actually back on EMI. And the reaction from everyone in the band, everybody, it's just, uh, I think, delight is the, the right phrase. It was uh, a feeling of coming home. Fabulous. I think delight is the, the right phrase. So a, a lot of your fans are upset or, or feel like they're missing that influence from Richie. What ultimately led to Richie leaving the band? The problem was Richie became too dominant. I don't know if it was calculated or how it came about. And all I can tell you is this. Richie's a very, very important part of Deep Purple's <clears throat> foundation and history. That's all you can tell me? Uh, Ian, why don't you try to make an analogy or put it into terms that um, th that you're going to have to explain to every single person that interviews you over the course of the next 25 years, regardless of how many times you've you've had to explain it, regardless of how willing you are to talk about it, regardless of how boring it is to constantly hear about it, um, and regardless of the fact that there's no possible way that Richie Blackmore will ever join back up with Deep Purple. Um, uh, how would you explain that? It's like a marriage. It's like a love affair going wrong publicly, terribly wrong. And the fact is that this band is not about individuals. Yeah, but, um, but still, I mean, what if we continue to just keep asking you about Richie. What if Richie was still in the band? What if? We, we need to know. We really, we really want to know. There was no future with Richie, hard as this is to say, for Deep Purple as it is known. I don't know, man. I, 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 just, I just see a future where maybe uh, Richie joins back up or does a one-off show. Um, I don't know. I think if we keep pestering you enough um, until the end of time, uh, maybe you'll have a different answer for this question. But until then, uh, we're just going to keep asking. Uh, John, what do you think uh, about the current lineup of the band? Right place, right time, right people. Uh, Ian, uh, do you have any sort of weird uh, things that you might do on tour while recording that might drive other members of the band crazy or anything like that? Well, you see, I'm totally normal. It's everyone else that's got weird habits, not me. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you, guys. Really appreciate you joining me for this interview. I know you don't know what a podcast is yet, but um, when they come out, you're going to love them. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That was good. <laughs> Not half as good as the engineering on this time machine. <laughs> See you later, guys. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Bless your heart. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening. Fabulous.